All right, you're back in the DFSR on the Overtime Media Network broadcasting from the Vivid Seats studio. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis. These are some vivid seats we're sitting in here, buddy. Buddy, this podcast is official now. Like we're we're back for the NFL season. I'm pumped. I'm pumped. But uh, we got sponsors. We're on networks now. It's all happening. Football's back for week one. Couple weeks down the pike here. I mean. What should we get to first? Should I talk about the the podcast network. Should we talk about the sponsorships? Do you want to just get into football? Where do you want to start here? Because I'm the first I think the I think the people came here for football, Doug. So I think we start there and maybe explain who we are for the people coming over from the network. That might that would be a good place to start. I might. You're nothing but a pro, buddy. We're d- dailyfantasysportsrankings.com. <laughs> but you hate typing in all those buttons and letters on your keyboard. So you type in dfsr.com and dfsr.com/deals is going to get you a subscription to our premium service. It's optimal items for FanDuel and DraftKings, NFL, MLB, while that season's still going on, NBA down the pike, all, all of it covered in the one subscription package. So dfsr.com slash deals, get you started. We're going to be with you all season long talking football. We're actually getting started earlier on the podcast than than usual this year. It feels like football, it's just so ubiquitous now. Maybe it was just it's, there's so much to talk about that we just wanted to start a few weeks early. Usually we wait, uh, we wait a few more weeks, but it seems like football is just – becomes all encompassing this time of year. I don't know. Do you want to add? Do you add anything to add? I feel like I feel like you, you feel like you're a pro here, and I'm I'm I've, I almost have too many things to talk about. I know your list was seemingly endless, but uh, where do you want to start? No, so I think just to let people know, sort of this time of year, it's not really very f- fruitful to sit down and just try to make lineups. You know, like if you're in there on FanDuel and you're like, "Ooh, how can I make the extra hundred dollars fit?" You're probably wasting your time. I mean, there's still so much outstanding information as we wait for week one here even though week one is just around the corner that I think you'd be better suited to just kind of think about things on a higher level and I think that's what uh, how we'll wind up spending today's podcast you know just talking about you know what are the ramifications of Elliot and Gordon potentially missing the beginning of the season with our contract disputes Uh, what are some change of scenery guys that we're excited about what are some change of scenery guys that we just don't really care about? Uh, how do these, you know, there I think nine teams changed their coaches in the offseason. How does that matter for DFS purposes? Uh, I think if you basically do that level of homework now and you kind of get a solid baseline on what we can expect going into the season, then as we lead up to week one, when that last minute news starts to come in, uh, then you can be better better suited to adjust on the fly. So that's certainly how I'm spending my time right now preparing for the NFL season. Uh, I don't know if you're you know, practice looks any different, but uh, that's what I'm up to right now. If you are looking for some price specific stuff, we ha- I have a couple articles up on the site right now, dfsr.com. I'll put them in the show notes as well. I did a quick, early, dirty look at what I what seemed to be interesting pricing uh, on DraftKings and FanDuel to start the season. I did also break down some rushing attacks in good spots for week one based on Vegas lines and some data around how Vegas lines can inform, uh, you know, your decision to make. Uh, play a running back right I mean honestly in this case with Lamar Jackson a quarterback as well in terms of uh, running back or excuse me in terms of rushing yards so those will be up on the site we will reference those things during the course of the season but let's talk real quick let's start here let's talk about some players that moved situations over the year I feel like this is always the hardest one to get a handle on player movement in the NFL doesn't happen a ton um, I mean, usually it's more about injuries. Like a guy just gets injured and then right. it's just gone um, because they don't, they either can't come back or they're gone for the season. Big time player movement. 
like it, by, by big time, I mean like superstar level player movement really doesn't happen all that much just because again, the guys just really can't last long enough in the NFL to get to get into that new situation and still be, still be um, just sort of noteworthy. But there are some guys that did move in the offseason. I'm wondering your opinion about how we evaluate them going into week one. I'm not really thinking about them in terms of price. I'm just thinking about them in terms of maybe opportunity. Let's start with Le'Veon Bell. Bell obviously sits out all last season to get paid. Uh, he essentially does get paid, though. The jury's, I think, a little bit out about how much that was ended up being worth it. He goes to the I think Jets he got now. paid less than he would have been paid on the Steelers, but go ahead. It, was it less? I, I can't remember. It was, it, it, yeah, I think when it all came out in the wash, it was very, very similar. But, okay, you know. so either way, the money here for us doesn't doesn't matter as much. But he does get he does get a contract with the Jets. He comes into a situation. Jets have a new coach. We're looking at a guy who in 2017 was like easily easily the highest usage running back in the league. It wasn't even close. It was like I think he was like 10 percent higher than the next closest guy, which I think was Melvin Gordon. So he was in a situation with the Steelers that we know that they are happy to just use their running back in all, in, in in every down situation. But now new coach here, new team new uniform, everything. How do we evaluate a guy like Bell going into the season in terms of like where, because week one, it's going to be, it is going to be kind of important to, to have a, a sense of like maybe how the Jets are going to use him. Yeah. So I think for starters, um, you know, it's worth noting that Gaze, who's coming over, uh, he was the offensive coordinator for the Broncos, you know, back when they were setting records under Peyton Manning. Um, and, you know, he's a guy with, with offensive chops. So it's not like just walking into a situation like the Jets were in last year, where you're like, yikes, <laughs> could it, we can put anyone uh, as the running back one on this team, and it might be questionable whether we can play them or not. Uh, he's got a pretty reasonable young quarterback in Darnold. I think it's a, a generally bullish situation for me with Bell. Of course, in DFS, you want to also be looking at pricing. And so, you know, Le'Veon Bell, he'll be 7,900 on FanDuel to start this season. So that's a, a that's below the top tier guys, right? So the the big sort of three of Barkley, Elliott, and McCaffrey, they're all in that nine thousand dollar range, which is where we're used to seeing true running back ones. You know, guys three down backs that are even catching the ball when the team is down and that sort of thing. Um, does that feel right to you? I mean, I guess I think we we talked about this a couple of months ago. You were probably a little higher on Bell than I was, but can we just assume that he's just going to go over to New York after taking a full season off? and be touching the ball 25 plus times a game again? Like, um, does he need to even to be an $8,000 running back? I just feel like there's a lot of moving parts here. Well, see, I wonder if the Jets, the Jets are going to be maybe in a situation not dissimilar than the Giants. They're just not going to be a very good team. I'm, I'm using them as a crosstown sort of rival slash maybe a comp because the Giants also have a running back that they were borderline reckless with last season in terms of how they used him yeah. uh, on a bad team. That, you know, if you look at the early season over-unders, the Giants are six wins, the, J the Jets are at seven and a half. So projected to be a little bit better of a team, but not projected to be a playoff team by any means if you, if you think seven and a half is the actual wins number. So if we're just using that as a quick and dirty comp to say, you know, what are they entering the season as? I, I, my guess is they're entering a season as a team that's not that good. Maybe they have an outside chance just getting to like eight and eight or something, uh, eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. And if they think that's the case and they spent the time kind of getting their in the offseason getting this shiny new toy, I do think at least to start the season, they will not treat him with kid gloves. Like he, uh, Another thing that's important with the NFL to remember, too, is that sort of rest matters, right? Like fresh legs sort of yeah. do matter in the NFL. That's why we see late season running backs, typically because of injuries, uh, kind of come in and shine in new situations because – they just haven't had the crap beat out of them for 16, you know, 15 games or 12 games or whatever it is to the end of the year. So 
Between the, the contract, the wanting to make it look like the contract is worth it, I feel like that does matter to, in some situations. Um, if you're paying somebody, wanting to just make sure that you use the thing. I, I don't know. Does that make sense? These are like, this isn't analytical in any sense because we're get, we'll get into the analytics later as we get closer to the season and actually say, like, what are we projecting for usage? Are we looking at 17 carries and six targets? Because if that's the case, then this guy's going to be an absolutely elite running back. And I feel like to start the season, there's really no reason for them to go into it and be like, oh, we're just going to kind of split carries. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think at least to start the season, it would seem to me that we could probably be very bullish on the projection. Yeah, I think that's generally fair. I will say, like, yeah, the Jets were the second worst team in the league by overall point differential, right? So, like, this is a bad team <laughs> that he's coming onto. And just on a high level, it's really hard to understand what a team in that position is doing, tying up so much of their salary cap well, that, and so right. much guaranteed money in a guy who, I don't know, I, he's certainly not... He's better than a replacement level back, but he's a 27-year-old running back, which, you know, don't have the greatest track record in the world. Um, I guess he's essentially a 26-year-old running back because he took last year off. But, yeah, I can't say I'm I'm bullish for the Jets' future. I can see a world where Bell is a contributor. I don't know if you need to... I think, like, you and I sometimes disagree about how conservative or aggressive we need to be in situations like this. I tend to want to be more conservative, yes. like, you know, generally feeling like I don't need to stick my neck out in a week where every single team in the NFL is playing like do I really need to take a risk on a guy on a bad a running back on a bad team that we haven't seen what the usage will look like yet I don't think we do but um it could be that the value is just too great that we kind of need to but um I can't say I'm I want to force it week one I'll definitely see how our projections sort of come out but it's yeah I don't know sometimes when it comes to guys like this and their projections we're just kind of making it up you know what I mean so um, I will say on DraftKings, though, I think he's 7100 over there. Yeah, 7100 That price is probably too cheap. Like, that is the range where I would be willing to stick my neck out a little bit more. And that FanDuel around the $8,000 price tag, I feel less like it's an absolute must, um, even though our system currently still seeing him as the overall points-per-dollar favorite. So Yeah, I think and, and you know if you listen to this podcast all season, you're going to know that we James and I do sort of at, at times differ about this kind of thing. And I think you're right. I, you, you tend to enter the season – on a sort of more, more of a wait and see approach with a lot of guys, and that I think probably, if I'm being honest, is usually is typically correct. Um, you know, sometimes we disagree a little bit more about wide receivers and running backs. I think that's where I've fallen into the, I've fallen into the wide receiver trap more than once. I'm I think I'm fully over it. I've, I've entered therapy. I've entered therapy. <laughs> well, let's actually let's let's slide over to wide receivers real quick because I think this is actually a good example of where it's okay to. Like okay, in terms of what we learn when guys switch teams, right? So Antonio Brown also leaves the Steelers. So the Steelers, you know, get rid of two of arguably the best 10, five position players from the last five years in the NFL uh, going into this season. Now, obviously, we already saw what happened with Bell last year where Connor stepped in and while he was slightly worse than Bell on a points per game basis, I think he was like three fantasy points worse per game than Bell had been the previous year, something like that. So, you know, not a huge difference. So now Antonio Brown leaves. I think a lot of people... We'll look at the situation with the Raiders and, you know, try to forecast how that's all going to work. I like to go the other way and say, well, what what is Brown leaving behind, right? So Brown leaving opens the door for Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, we got to see a few times last year as Brown was a little bit dinged up. Um, we got to see what he could do when Brown was inactive. And Juju last year, and I, I give credit to Pro Football Focus because they did the math. Uh, I just happened to, to find it there. Uh, Juju, 15% more targets. 35% more fantasy points per games 
per game rather with Brown inactive, he seems to me to be like, you know, it's a changing situation. That seems to me to be a situation where we don't have to be as conservative, right? Like this guy, we already know sort of what we're getting with Brown off the field. It's he'll get all the wide receiver one reps going into camp. I mean, other teams can sort of game plan for it, but he's just obviously an incredible athletic talent. What do you think about Juju and just the uh, Steelers passing offense in general coming into this year? Yeah, um, he was just he was uh, an elite wide receiver with Brown around. I like even when even when he, they shared the field together. I think that I think it's hard to like you can't take Brown's crazy amount of targets that he had that he was already like 168 receiving targets last year. So I don't think you can. I don't. You can't just like you know give them all to to Juju. No, I, that's so. that'd be that'd be ridiculous. Brown was the third most targeted wide receiver in football last year. Um, so I that that part of it doesn't really kind of jive with me. But the part where you know you see a 10 percent upgrade over what he was doing last season, um, I think is totally reasonable. They have Moncrief, they have James Washington there. They are gonna spread it out. With, I think it seems like a little bit more with the running backs this season. So you can't like you can't just transplant Brown's targets onto Juju. But the fact that we saw him already have such a prominent role in the offense and knowing that there is a decent amount of target redistribution that you need to go through anyway, giving him make, put, pushing him toward that elite group of targets this season is, to me, like totally and completely reasonable. Uh, if, you know yeah, so I mean? Juju like, averaged nine targets with Brown out of the game last year. If he had nine targets a game over the course of 16 games, that would put him at 144 targets over the course of the season. Which would so be, top, would be like Brown top level. Like, That'd be like that'd top, be top 10 five, though. or something like that. Yeah. Like, I think that would end up like in the top 10. Um, like, yeah, yeah let's say Joe, it was like Joe, Julie, Julio Jones had 170, uh, down to like Kelsey had 150 targets last year, which is somewhere around like the eight range. So, yeah, I think that would put him into like wide receiver one territory. So, like, so like that's a good situation to look at and say, I think we can understand sort of like, I think we can be pr- not, you know, overly aggressive, but we can say this guy will push toward, you know, WR1 like levels of of targets but then you well, but then i know so i was gonna say like wide receivers that go into a new situation and i know i'm like maybe i am just falling to the trap again because i get overly bullish about this like you get odell beckham jr going to the browns like how do you evaluate that situation because that one i find is like that's the, this is the exact situation i'm like where i'm like oh my god terrell Pryor is gonna be amazing for the redskins wait till you see you know like this kind of thing um and then it just kind of doesn't happen <laughs> but and i and again year after year i kind of fall into this but then the odell thing i'm like I don't know. I mean, again, maybe I need to re-enter therapy because I'm talking myself into him being like the very best wide receiver in all football because he actually has a real quarterback now. Like, how aggressive do you want to be with his projection going into the season? Right. So I think Beckham is a different case than a lot of the guys we've seen switch teams in the past for a couple of reasons. The first is that at entering his age 26 season, that's that's still very young. You know, like he can still be in his prime. He's taken a couple of hits, but it's not like he's you know one of these guys that's just on borrowed time already. And he was just such a singular talent, you know, like remember when he came up in his rookie year and it just seemed like, like I, I remember writing about him in our ebook the following year where he had you know, been setting record paces for targets, yards per catch, like the guy was an absolutely singular talent. And then he happens to catch Eli on the very back end of Eli's career. And I think it just really, you had all these stats, right? About, um, you were telling me a couple of weeks ago, and I just didn't retain it all, but um, all these different stats about how Beckham was getting the most separation per fo- pro football focus, but, you know, was getting hit in stride at the lowest rate of any wide receiver in the NFL. Or, you know, there was all these crazy, crazy reasons why he didn't perform. Um, to your point, we have seen no shortage of cases where 
great wide receivers who've switched teams and not really done anything. You know, Deion Branch comes to mind. But there's also guys like Randy Moss who it's like, right. oh, it turns out if you put Randy Moss on the team with Tom Brady, like they're just going to break all the records of all time, right? So right. I wouldn't say that Beckham and Mayfield are Moss and Brady per se, but I think I, I tend to lean more in that direction here. Like I think that's a more likely outcome, honestly, as crazy as that sounds, than one of these total duds like prior or whatever. Like Beckham is just, this isn't like dreaming on a guy who was like kind of good with an okay quarterback and now he'll be great with a good quarterback. This is like a guy who was ultra elite, one of the very best with a terrible quarterback. And now he's heading in with at least a good quarterback. You'd think so. Yeah. And like, and and, you know, they have a, they have a coaching change as well. And Freddie kitchens kitchens took over the offensive play calling in week eight last year. And after that, if you just kind of just query for, you know, stats that just from that point on Baker Mayfield was a top five quarterback. Chubb was a top five or, or not. I take that back. May, Mayfield was like a top eight quarterback in terms of yards, but he was a top three quarterback in terms of touchdown passing a uh, touchdown uh, throws um, and passing touchdowns. Jeez, I said, I'm struggling with how to say touchdowns. It sounded like a, sound like my mom trying to describe football. Um, and then you get Chubb who was a top four running back in terms of yards. So this is an offense that really, I'm using those two guys just to mostly just say the offense was, uh, really kind of just stepped on the gas and was using players correctly. And they were they were really operating without a wide receiver one. They had Jarvis Landry, but the the rest of the kind of poo-poo platter of wide receivers that they kind of threw out there on a week-to-week basis, the the level above replacement that Beckham is, like they were working they were working with replacement level wide receivers uh, in those other slots. And now they get, like you said, one of the very best, maybe just the best overall talent-wise wide receiver. And even if you want to just split hairs, let's just call him like, you know, top five at worst. Uh, something like that. Um, that now they just they give this guy, uh, put this guy split out wide in the slot. Now all of a sudden, that you know, th- really we could be looking at him hitting like the old, the, you know, this very very elite target level too. Buddy, real quick before we get into the next thing, any plans on going to any games this year? Taking the boys to take them down oh. to Foxborough? Thoughts? I mean, maybe maybe we get the family together. I've thought about it. Maybe, maybe my older two guys. Uh, they've they've expressed some interest, but. It's kind of a haul, but yeah, definitely still on the table. If not this year, then sometime in the future. All right. Well, if you do, you have to use Vivid Seats. We're going to talk about this oh. all year long. The Vivid Seats mobile app is the number one place to buy tickets online. You use the promo promo code Overtime. That's O V E R T I M E Overtime when you make your first purchase, and you get savings up to a hundred dollars on all ticket purchases. First time customers only. So, buddy, we we decide to go to a game. We log into Vivid Seats. We use the promo code Overtime. We grab them, we take the family, we do a little tailgating, we call it a Sunday. All right, while we're on the theme of just kind of new players, new situations, new coaches, and look, we're we're working from a very top level down. We're going to be recording podcasts uh, up into the rest of the season, so we're going to we'll start drilling things down uh, more granularly as we get into it. But when we're looking at new situations, obviously the other one that we really need to take a look at is what's going on in Arizona. So. They get the first pick in the draft. This is not news. Kyler Murray is going to come in and start right away. They also hire Cliff Kingsbury to take over the offensive play calling. And this is another one of those situations that I just, I, I know you gotta, you're going to have to talk me down because I want to be so aggressive. I'm like, Kyler Murray plus David Johnson, maybe we chuck in a wide receiver week one. Like, I, I know that this is kind of where I want to go because you read all, you know, you just if you just look at Kingsbury's uh, uh, college resume, the guy was just one of these absolute foot on the gas just air it out as much as possible. Just go for the jugular on offense all the time. And I want to look at that, and then I'm like, oh, the rookie quarterback, and I don't know, man. You're going to have to talk me down here because this is another one where I'm like, stack all the Cardinals week one, but they're, again, another team that's really not projected to be very good. And I just I always struggle a little bit to know how good these offenses are going to be 
because just all the parts, the most, the main parts, the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, the awesome offensive play caller are totally new. What are your thoughts here on the Cardinals? Um, so my first thought is I rank David Johnson lower than just about everyone. I, like a coaching change is all well and good, but I know like, you know, we were doing some drafts on draft.com yep. free shout out to those guys and, you know, getting into some season long leagues and things like that. I just don't see, so David Johnson, we, we know that being a running back is really hard in the NFL. You're going to take an absolute ton of abuse. David Johnson was tackled more than 350 times in the year 2016. He missed essentially the entire 2017 season, came back last year, and averaged 3.6 yards per attempt, where he had been averaging 4.2 yards per attempt, sort of in that prime season in 2016. Average 8.9 yards per reception after averaging, you know, 11 and then 13 in his rookie year in 2016 and 2015. I really, I actually love David Johnson's game. I love that, you know, his ability to catch the pass. You know, he's obviously dynamic on the run, can break off these long runs. Very exciting. I'm concerned about it. I don't, I don't know how I can not be concerned about it. And there's the additional fact of like, I'm just not totally sure that they see him as the between the tackles guy when they get down and close in the goal line. So I think if you take all that together, uh, Johnson only seven touchdowns last year, seven rushing touchdowns. Um, I don't know. I, I get that there's a new coach. New coaches are, are cool. We have a long track record of long track record of coaches coming from college, not being able to translate that success into the NFL. I'm not going to play in the Cardinals week one. I'm going to wait and see. And um, yeah, and that's, that's just going to be my approach. I don't, I don't see any reason to force it. I'm not getting a huge value on these guys, right? Like David Johnson is still the same price that he was last year. So you have to basically assume that just Kingsbury is going to come in and he's going to be worth 10% more fantasy points per play or something. And I just don't see it. Yeah, rookie quarterback week one. I mean, I haven't totally drilled down on this one either about what the, what the not the projection, but what the expectation is for a, a quarterback walking into a completely new situation in the NFL, Kyler Murray. Look, he's a fantastic athlete. Obviously, number one pick in the draft for when baseball, uh, the the contract with the A's to just go and play in the NFL, and he's going to start week one. And I'm like, oh, he's going to scramble. He's going to he's a pretty accurate passer. All this stuff, and I'm I, I'm probably in the, at the end of the day going to be with you that it's just for at least from a ca- cash game perspective, not going to make sense to be to try to be a, day, a week early on these guys because hey, do I have to play him week one? That's my only question. Like, how many number one quarterbacks have come in? And just been trash. Like, it's just... Not, not trash, ultimately, like, in the long term. But just, like, in those first few games. Yeah, like and, like, I know people are going to say, oh... Not no. everyone's Patrick Mahomes, you know? Well, but, but, <laughs> like, yeah, but the difference... Just... I was going to say Mahomes, but the difference with Mahomes was he he was in the NFL for a full season before he took over. Like, he wasn't technically a rookie. He was, by all, you know... I mean, he did start the last game of the season in his rookie year. But he, he had spent a whole season in kind of, like, learning that offense and knowing what he sort of like understanding the conceptual piece and the speed and things like this. Like this is a totally different situation than that. So I, I don't look at those. I don't look at those situations and say, this is a perfect one-to-one comp because he had been around. He, I mean, and look again, we're admitting that we were, we were one of the, we were one of the outfits that was way late on Mahomes last year, for sure. Like we took our lumps um, just kind of thinking that the out, the stuff on Mahomes, at least to start the season was completely outlierish. And we just were ended up being wrong about that one. So it's, we can, we have at times have been, uh, late on seeing sort of what is going to happen here or if, if something is sustainable. I still, I'm still very much on the, that was not sustainable for Mahomes last year. So I, 
this is like totally the old agree. Nate Silver, going, <laughs> Nate Silver going in and trying to explain why you know Trump won, but he was still correct, kind of thing. Like I, it doesn't sound great, even though what he was saying probably is technically correct. Um, I get that. I get that. That part does sound like sour grapes, but I, I there's got to be some regression coming from Holmes. But again, like we were wrong about that as well. So I, I'm t- totally admitting that we at times kind of just are, are late on this stuff. And I think with Murray and the whole Arizona offense, I, I'm with you. That, and they have a great matchup, too, against Detroit week one, but I'm probably going to need to wait and see. Any other new situations that are kind of standing out to you here as we sort of work top to bottom? I mean, we covered the Jets thing with Bell and Beckham and the Cardinals, the Browns. Are there any other player movement or, or just kind of situations that you want to keep your eye on or, or maybe are having the difficult time evaluating going into the season? Yeah, I've got my eye on the Bucks actually. Uh, the Bucks last year were one of those sneaky DFS relevant teams where it seemed like between Fitzpatrick and Winston, they had someone winning a big tournament with their quarterbacks every week, and the guys could randomly get pulled mid-game and whatever else. But uh, while that was totally insane, I do think there's some interesting spots to keep an eye on. Um, so the guy that's been getting a lot of offseason attention has been Chris Godwin. Uh, Godwin last season... And I'm pulling this also from Pro Football Focus. They do good work over there, those guys. But um, this is the their article, Fantasy Football, 96 stats, uh, three fantasy football stats for any every NFL team for 2019. That's a mouthful. That's what yeah, it's Yeah, Scott called. Barrett. He's, and, like, um, he's one of the very best writers Scott in football. Barrett, yeah. So I, like, I think yeah, he's excellent. He's excellent. Yeah, it's fine to, just, so this it's is fine to good, credit him, yeah. But <laughs> Chris Godwin, <laughs> he points out, uh, ranked fourth on all of Tampa Bay's wide receivers and targets per game last year. So they found somehow found a way to target three other guys more than him and still rank 27th at wide receiver overall in terms of total fantasy points. Um, I guess Arians has come out and said that Godwin could be close to a 100-catch guy in 2019. And if you're trying to look at a guy, like, you know, one of the things that we'll harp on week in, week out as we go forward throughout the season is trying to find guys, trying to find the right kind of upside guys, right? So Godwin represents a guy who's already pretty good, right? The guy had seven receiving touchdowns last year, averaged 52 receiving yards a game. He was already fine, and he's cheap. He's 6,900 on FanDuel going into week one. And if we think there's any way that a coaching change and just this awareness that he was their best receiver last season uh, on a per-target basis, if we think that there's any chance that that translates into increased opportunity, now we're just getting free value on top of it. And if it's not, and if he's just the same guy he was last year, he's still probably not destroying you, right? Um, so I think that's kind of the type of situation I'm looking for going into this season where a coaching change could make a fundamental difference. And I think the floor on it, again, relatively low, so or relatively high. So yeah, I, I'd like Godwin this year. Um, I'm a little bit more down on Mike Evans. He's already banged up with quad thing uh, going into this season. Um, Pretty inefficient guy yeah. anyway. Like like we've seen yeah. season over season Reddings of him wall, just have a really hard time converting. It kind of doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Like he's had a really hard time converting target share into actual tons of value. So um, and he's had his upside for sure. But we've seen many. And he was better. He was better about that last year too, for what it's worth. But I, I'm just not. I mean, just like yeah, you can. How many times can you count like the Mike Evans chalk weeks where it's just like kind of just he just kind of just disappears i, I feel like yeah, I feel, one catch on 10 targets yeah, i feel like we've seen that so many times like of just yeah. of just the inefficiency and i know i'm just cherry picking like you know a random thought where i'm like oh he's like 60 percent owned and sometimes we're on the fade and sometimes we're on the chalk and i just you know kind of sweating this out with him but he just wasn't all that efficient of a guy it's really to begin with even with slight improvement so i love that yeah i love looking at situations like this i, I feel like there's just tons of these things and like you know I, you make a good point about trying to find a guy who won't kill you, but also has the upside. Because I look at guys like Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green out, and I'm thinking, 
maybe Tyler Boyd can just kill you. Like I, I, I get it makes sense that like with AJ Green, they're gonna, there's more he's going to miss the beginning of the season. There's going to be more target share to go around, but maybe we just kind of already know what Tyler Boyd is. Like I mentioned this in the week one pricing, and you made a good point. Like, you know, he had he had the most targets on the team from when the time that green left uh, with injury last year. And really the targets weren't all that many. So I look at Tyler Boyd and I think, Oh no, AJ green, let's go, let's roll Tyler Boyd. And then, but maybe we just kind of already know what he is. And maybe like the, the production can kill you because he just, you just can't give him AJ. we know that he's just not gonna get all AJ greens targets. If that makes sense. Yeah. Bank bagels, another funny team though. Cause they're with Zach Tyler taking over as the head coach there. They're another team with a, totally different coaching staff so you get the double dip of you know a star player being banged up totally new coaching staff they're just going to be seeing different things right like Tyler Boyd's a name we recognize but there's no reason why it can't just be some other guy that the average fantasy football fan has never heard of <laughs> yeah, John Ross actually role, had so. like a similar amount of right. targets during that time but he was his convert oh my god he was like he was like me running out there with like some just two bricks attached to my hands like he just couldn't he saw targets <laughs> but like it was like you know the equivalent of the ball just bouncing off his helmet every time it got to him so like he had like I think he had like seven targets one game and had like one catch for five yards or something like the numbers I couldn't believe it when I was looking down his game log anyway so I think yeah. there's going to be we're going to continue to evaluate these situations like I said we wanted to start the season by just taking uh, a top-down look at some of the major changes. There's going to be tons of stuff for us to talk about over the next couple weeks with football. Like I'm, I'm, I'm running off. My list still is going. I want to talk about Lamar Jackson. I want to talk about uh, some of these rushing attacks. I think we're going to get an idea of you know where the um, you know where the Zeke and the Gordon contracts are going over the next couple of weeks. Mm. But I think we can probably save some of that uh, for next week and as we get some more information. Unless I'm just cutting you off too short, buddy. Is the list long and you just want to keep uh, kind of keep rolling through this stuff, or can we just we want to save some stuff for next week? I think we could probably save a couple of things. I think I've got a I've got also a take on tight ends going into this. Okay, season let's save too. that one because I think that one's that that's one we can probably spend a decent amount of time on. I'm assuming you're talking about Kelsey compared to the field or something like that. We can probably tease that for next. Yeah, time. like the the question of paying just paying up in general and and tight ends going into this season because I think it's actually a a very weird year for tight ends in a in kind of a good way. And so. you see that when you, like you said, just another shout out to draft.com. If you're doing best balls, you really do see like what that, that best. And by the, the reason we've mentioned this a couple of times is best balls really are a good, a good way to just take. What are best balls, Doug? Most, many people listening won't know. Okay. What if you don't know what a best ball tournament is, just basically you're doing a, you do a snake draft style, uh, just regular fantasy football draft. And then the players that you draft are your players for the season. You don't make any roster changes and you just roster the, t- the your best scoring uh, players from week to week basis. So you roster a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. Uh, then and you draft your 18 players, and then that's just your team for the whole season. And Draft.com just places your very best, highest scorers each week, and that's your lineup. So you, you, it's it's a really cool way to just get exposure to a lot of different scenarios over the course of the year, uh, just from one standpoint without having to worry about the muss and fuss of of having to you know do waiver wires and stuff like that. So just from a just from a I don't know a fun slash way to follow a bunch of different scenarios way. Uh, the, the best ball drafts are good, but they're also just a good way to sort of determine where value is and where the difference in the difference in one player to the next or the difference in one position to the next. So we'll get, and maybe we'll just wait for this for next time. Cause we'll talk, we'll talk about Kelsey and the dip between maybe him and Kittle and then, how maybe how much you fall off a table after that so spoiler alert there might not be as big a dip as you think oh hmm. we will do that next time in the meantime that's a tease, that's a tease there buddy. dfsr.com is the site dfsr.com slash deals is going to get you started on a free trial to our projection system powered by our good friends over 
at Lineup Lab, optimal lineups for FanDuel and DraftKings, NFL chat room where we're in there uh, really all week with our boy Chris Dorrell, and then also on Sunday just talking football all day. So you go get a free trial of that. There's no, you know, no risk. You like what you see, you stay with us for the long term. We're on the Overtime Media Network, brought to you from the Vivid Seed Studios. And if you want to just do something for free for us, because we've had really good uh, traction on this, you go over and like, rate and review the podcast, uh, subscribe to it on Apple, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. That's just a free way. If you just if you like what you hear, you want to stick with us, you go and rate and review the podcast, subscribe to it. You'll be with us all season long. Buddy, next time we'll talk tight ends. We'll, we'll talk Baltimore and the rushing attack. And I'm sure we'll have a ton of other stuff to talk about. Enjoy your Friday, pal. Thanks.